Welcome to Crucial Conversations with Dr. Mia L. Johnson, licensed psychotherapist. The purpose of this podcast is to bring about self-awareness as it relates to your thinking patterns, feelings, communication style, ability to regulate your emotions, and respond to difficult situations. These crucial conversations are designed to empower and encourage you to enhance your self-knowledge, self-discipline, self-consciousness, and empathy for others. The title of this episode is Can We Talk? And the topic is communication styles. Have you ever been in conversation with your loved ones and just found it impossible to really, truly, effectively communicate. Like, no matter how carefully you tried to explain your point of view, the whole conversation just seemed to go off the rails in a series of misses, and you all ended up feeling not so good about the communication you just had. It just might have something to do with one of the four communication styles you learned in childhood. You see... Each one of us has a primary communication style, and it certainly affects the healthiness of our relationships. We learn how to communicate through what we see in early relationships with our parents, families, peer groups, communities, and even the media. Unfortunately, not all of us were taught healthy, assertive communication growing up. Instead, we probably learned ways of communicating that helped us adjust to whatever system we grew up in. But now, those same styles we learned may be getting in the way of our relationships today and preventing intimacy and closeness and healthy connections we desire in relationships. During this episode, we're gonna get into four major styles of communication. And as we discuss each, I want you to one, reflect on the primary style you saw and learned growing up, and two, reflect on which patterns of communication you see in yourself. So communication styles, again, fall into four major categories, passive communication, aggressive communication, passive-aggressive communication, and assertive communication. At any time, we are using one of these types each time we communicate with someone. So when you get two or more people together who communicate other than assertively, Houston, we have a problem. There's a very high chance of communication going awry. Let's start with passive communication. The passive type is a style of communication in which an individual avoids at all costs naming and asserting their honest needs wants, boundaries, and personal rights. Instead, they defer to others or prioritize trying to take care of others in conflict and conversation. And they do this in order to maintain the peace. Passive communicators are conflict avoiders. They are also people pleasers. A passive communicator will fail to express their own needs because they have difficulty doing so. They may also have difficulty making decisions. And it's normally because they're unaware of them at times. They will act unresponsive, which typically results in yielding to others' needs. And they are quick to avoid confrontation 
and they often comply when they feel pressured. A passive communicator is normally perceived as easygoing. And the message the passive communicator is sending is that their boundaries, thoughts, feelings, wants, needs, and desires don't matter. Only the other person's boundaries, thoughts, feelings, etc. matter. A passive communicator can be characterized by having poor eye, eye contact, slumped posture, being overly submissive, laughing when expressing anger. Sometimes they tend to speak very softly and they may even be very apologetic. And they definitely dismiss their own stance in conversations. Let's take a look at two examples. So let's say you order a hamburger with no onions and it arrives at the table with extra onions. The waitress asks if everything is to your liking and you say, yes, things are fine. Just great. Thanks. Obviously, things are not fine because you said no onions, but you just go along to get along, avoiding conflict. Another example is when a woman is going out with a guy for the first time. And he suggests Olive Garden and asks, is that okay? And even though she knows she doesn't want to eat Italian, she says, oh, sounds great. Definitely. That's fine. If it's good for you, it's good for me. Passive communication. The upside to passive communication is that it can make you less of a target in communication and conflict by Deferring to other people or by not stepping forward in conversation, you can sometimes avoid being the target or the focus of. And in fact, it can sometimes let you be protected by others. People will come to your defense, which can lead to a reduction in anxiety because you don't have to stand up for yourself, nor do you have to make decisions because someone else is doing it for you. But the downside of that is that you don't stand up for your own needs, wants, and opinions. And you may often feel walked all over. And then you start to harbor resentment about this later on, and it can lead to a decrease in self-esteem. Another downside is that you open the door to allow people to walk all over you because you become so submissive and you become accustomed to just pushing your needs and wants to the side and only attending to that of others. Let's look at the aggressive communication style. This is characterized by a person expressing their needs, wants, opinions, and rights in a way that crosses the boundaries of others that they are communicating with. The needs and desires are definitely stated but at the expense of the feelings or self-worth of others, which equates to emotional abuse. You see, the aggressive communicator comes across as demanding and defensive and hostile at times. They do not listen to others and often alienate those around them as a result. They tend to speak in a commanding tone and ask questions in a very rude manner. The message here is that, Only my boundaries, thoughts, feelings, wants, needs, and desires matter. Screw yours. Yours don't matter. It's all about mine. Aggressive communicators can be very dismissive of other people's feelings, wants, and needs. During conversation, they may interrupt others, um, attack, 
give an attack response when they feel threatened. They may even pace around or leave the uh, place of conversation, walk off. They stonewall, meaning they shut down or they refuse to talk or refuse to listen. They'll stonewall also by not letting the other person speak. They'll have spontaneous outbursts. They'll begin yelling or speaking very loudly. They may even point the finger at the other person. They'll use blaming words and they'll express their opinions as if they are facts. Let's look at an, an example of aggressive communication. So again, let's say you order a hamburger with no onions and it arrives at the table with extra onions. The waitress asks if everything is to your liking and the aggressive communicator, you respond, does it look like it's to my liking? Are you stupid or are you dumb? I said no damn onions. Damn, I'm not paying for this ish. Where's the manager? Another example. Let's say your son is a bit of a slob and you've asked him five times to wash his dirty dishes in the sink and take out the trash in his bedroom. The house is starting to smell like a landfill. So he comes home from school and just flops down on the couch and he's excited. He's excited to have an evening with nothing to do. You explode and you start yelling. You disgust me. Living with you is like living with a pig. It takes a stupid person to sleep in a room with that stench coming from under your bed. What is wrong with you? The aggressive communicator, shaming, blaming, yelling, name calling. The upside. Yes, there is an upside. Aggressive communicators tend to take up space and get their point and view heard in conversation. All right. So we hear you. Whether by talking the most, talking loudly or taking up space with their body, they get heard. And aggressive communicators can often feel less vulnerable and experience a relief of tension in acting aggressively. This happens a lot with people who have difficulty regulating anger when they have an episode or an outburst, so to speak. It actually is a, a relief for them. It feels good. It's a relief of tension for them. So that's what makes it a an, ups, an upside. But the downside is that this style of communication, it can hurt and alienate people, keeping you away from the connection you actually desire. Like People leave you. People want nothing to do with you. You're hurting people. You are emotionally abusing people when you aggressively communicate. Again, you are emotionally abusing others and leaving people with no choice but to cut you off. And often after outbursts, you can experience feelings of shame and guilt. Normally, for most people, they will feel embarrassed and guilty. And you'll know because they'll, they may apologize or put forth an effort to indicate that, you know, they're sorry once they've calmed down. Now, remember, everyone does not have the ability and or the willingness to feel embarrassed or feel guilty. But for those who can feel and are able to empathize with others, they do feel shame and guilty and you you may receive an apology or not. Let's get into the third type of communication style, passive aggressive communication. This is a combination of the two previously outlined communication styles. 
So it's often in the form of sarcasm or joking, but it often has a hint, just a hint of truth embedded in it that can sting or cause you to question the real meaning of the comments. It's passive because the person's opinion, wants, or needs are not shared directly. They are hidden. And it's aggressive because the opinion, wants, and needs are often conveyed through bitter sarcasm or flippant comments that can be very hurtful to the person on the receiving end. And a passive-aggressive communicator will appear unconcerned on the surface. However, their inability to effectively communicate their own needs will leave them feeling powerless, which then generates feelings of frustration and resentment within them. And this resentment is then acted out in subtle ways to relieve the anger they feel. And they may exert the control they desire by utilizing sarcasm or indirect communication. The messages they send will come across as mixed and confusing for the person on the receiving end. And often their words and nonverbal cues do not match. And this can sometimes be interpreted as avoiding the conversation. But make no mistake, they are usually fully aware of their feelings and actions. They just have difficulty clearly stating them. So we're going to look at an example shortly. The message that the passive aggressive communicator is sending is my boundaries, thoughts, feelings, wants and needs matter, but I don't have the skills to voice them. And since I can't voice them effectively, I'll just degrade your boundaries. Let's look at the example. You order a hamburger with no onions and it arrives at the table with extra onions. The waitress asks if everything is to your liking and you say, sure it is. Even though I said no onions, but it's cool. No worries. I'll just eat it. But now I see why y'all make minimum wage. You see the subtle sarcasm. So the passive aspect is that they'll say, yeah, it's okay. I'll keep it. But then it'll be followed by something aggressive. And in this sense, in this example, they're actually laughing and saying something that is kind of hidden and not in a direct manner that could leave the waitress thinking like, okay, am I being insulted or is this person okay with the burger? Confusing. Another example is when you and your partner realize it's time to upgrade the family vehicle and your partner recommends that they pay the down payment and you cover the monthly note. Since you make more money, you respond by saying that'll work and it'll be a great use of your little bonus. You're being passive because you really don't want to pay the note. You don't agree. But because you don't have the confidence or the skill set to say no and explain why you go along to get along by saying that'll work. But you throw in that subtle jab by minimizing your partner's income or contribution and labeling it like a little bonus. And that's exactly what the passive aggressive communicator does. Again, there are upsides and downsides. So the upside to a passive aggressive communicator is that it allows the communicator to exert control via a delicate, very delicate shaming and relational manipulation but without the risk for them 
of assuming personal responsibility or more direct confrontation. And it's because the person, again, on the receiving end is confused. And it's a communication style that's less obviously hostile than the loud or big aggressive communicator. Now, the downside is the same. This style of communication can alienate people and drive them to resent you, keeping you away from the connection you actually crave. You really want people to be around you and you really want to be around people. But this style keeps you away from people because a lot of people won't stand for this type of treatment and they'll just cut you off. And it also keeps you from taking responsibility for yourself, which can lead to an overall decrease in self-esteem in the long run. And it can make the person using this communication style feel as if they don't really have a voice and it can put distance in relationships because, again, people become suspicious about the person's underlying meaning in their words. It's like, was was I just insulted? They start to question that. Let's look at assertive communication. This is a style where an individual clearly states their needs, wants and advocates for their rights in an open and honest way. That's respectful of other people's boundaries. And furthermore, assertive communication is open to negotiation and influenced by others. An assertive communicator is definitely going to be willing to compromise. This type of communication can be characterized by the use of I feel statements, listening without interrupting, speaking in a clear and calm tone of voice adequate to the environment, and stating needs and wants very clearly appropriately and respectfully, giving eye contact, open body language, and a willingness to explore solutions together. An assertive communicator is considered to be the most effective type. These communicators often have an open connection without coming across overbearing, and it's because they're willing to listen to the other person's wants, needs, opinions, etc. They will maintain eye contact And they can express their own needs, again, while being considerate of the needs of others. It's not all about me, 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 what I want, what I need. Let me hear what you want. Let me hear what you need. And if it's different from what I want and need, let's find a way to compromise. And during a conflict, an assertive communicator will basically look for a win-win situation. The assertive communicator is very solution-oriented meaning he or she is focused on solving a problem, coming to an agreement or compromising versus being focused on the problem. And unfortunately, sometimes direct and honest communication is often misinterpreted as aggressive behavior because sometimes, let's be honest, the truth supported by facts hurts. But there's a huge difference between you know, assertive and aggressive communication. The aggressive communications uh, communicator's message is that what I want, what I need, what I desire matters. I don't care about what you want and need. And on the other hand, the assertive communicator is saying both of our boundaries need to be respected and both of our wants and needs, opinions, etc. matter. So again, the message the assertive communicator is sending is that their boundaries, thoughts, wants, desires, and feelings matter, and your boundaries, thoughts, wants, and feelings matter too. 
Let's look at an example. Let's take the example where you order the hamburger with no onions and, you know, it arrives at the table with extra onions. So the waitress asks if everything is to your liking. An assertive response to the waitress's question would be, oh, I'm afraid my burger has onions. I asked for no onions and extra pickles. Would you please take it back and have the chef prepare another one? Thanks. I appreciate it. Big difference, right? There's an upside and a downside to assertive communication. So the upside is that assertive communication is a self-responsible form of connecting with others in a way that honors you and the other person's needs, wants, desires, and boundaries. And practicing assertive communication can lead to increased self-esteem and and also improve your chances of getting what you want and need out of life. It also allows you to continue to cultivate healthy relationships because it doesn't alienate people because the message isn't that you don't care about what other people want and need. It's all inclusive. And then the downside to assertive communication is that there's still a risk in being assertive and clearly and directly communicating, but you may not get your needs and wants met by those who commun- who you're communicating with. And your assertive style may be seen as threatening or even mislabeled as aggressive by people who are used to passive or passive aggressive styles of communication. So it's it all depends on who you're communicating with. But again, do what's within your control and assert yourself. Communicate assertively, use I statements, I feel statements, clearly state your boundaries, wants and needs, and continue to be open to listening to what the other person wants and needs as well. Now, here is where I cognitively challenge you. So I'd like to invite you to consider what you know about your communication style. So I'm going to ask you a few questions here, or I want you to reflect on a few of these. Which of these four types of communication is most familiar to you? Is it passive communication? Are you going along to get along, allowing people to walk over you and only considering what other people want and need and not clearly stating what you want and need? Are you communicating aggressively? Are you yelling at people? Are you emotionally abusing others? Are you calling people names, intimidating people in order to get your point across? Is it a culmination of both, passive and aggressive? Which of these four types of communication is most familiar to you? What do you know about how your childhood environment influenced the way you communicated? Reflect on what you heard, what you saw growing up. How did your parents resolve conflict? How did they communicate? Did you grow up in a home where people swept things under the rug just to avoid, again, conflict and conversation? Did you grow up in a home where people used intimidation tactics like yelling and blaming and shaming to get their point across? How did you adapt your communication style to fit in or be safe or accepted by your family or friends? So did you kind of like straddle the fence? Were you a passive communicator because you wanted to keep the peace? Did you feel the need to meet aggression with aggression? 
in order to feel safe. If speaking assertively is unfamiliar for you, can you think of models and examples, whether they be real life examples or people or fictional characters where they are modeling assertive communication? And I'm asking you to reflect so that you can see and hear what assertive communication looks like in order for you to start practicing how to assertively communicate. And if speaking assertively is unfamiliar for you, that's absolutely okay. It's okay. Because guess what? If you really want to learn how to effectively communicate, you can learn this. This is a skill. You can learn it by going to counseling. You can learn it by working with someone that already communicates this way, watching videos where people are already modeling this type of communication style. Matter of fact, think of someone in your life who you can practice speaking assertively with this week. You know, somebody you really trust with your emotions and somebody who supports you becoming more self-aware and you working on improving yourself. It's impossible to compartmentalize every human being into one of the four categories we talked about today. Nonetheless, each one of us has a primary communication style, and it certainly affects the health of our relationships. If your primary style is passively or aggressively communicating, I encourage you to consider the ramifications for both you and the person on the receiving end. Remember, we are aiming to speak from an assertive communication style, a way that allows us to take responsibility, state our needs and wants, hear that of the other person, and ideally reach a place of compromise, understanding, and compassion with one another. Thanks for tuning in. Feel free to share, like, or comment via our Instagram at Crucial Conversations Podcast. Or if you have any questions, email us at questions at crucialconversations.info. Be sure to tune in next time as we delve into another crucial conversation.